Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. Good evening and welcome to Country Life here on Midlands 103. It's MJ Cleary with you for the next hour, bringing you the latest from Midlands and further afield from the worlds of agriculture, food and agribusiness. Now, thank you all for joining me. And a very big change from last week. Seven days ago, I was sitting here and the temperature was 25 degrees and today it is 12 degrees and you can really feel it. Unfortunately, a real touch of, I was going to say autumn, I wrote this out earlier on and I was pointing to the different temperatures over the course of the last week to give me a pointer as to what to say. And I was going to say a touch of autumn, but uh, unfortunately I'm going to have to move that to a touch of winter in the air. Really, really cold this evening coming down. And uh, fingers crossed on the 13th of September that this isn't the run of it now going forward, that we get a break uh, very, very early for weather such as this. And obviously this time next week we are going to be in Ratanesca for the Ploughing Championships kicks off next Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. We're going to be broadcasting live next Wednesday evening and I look forward to joining you from there. And fingers crossed we get a blast of decent weather for the ploughing. I remember a number of years back it being absolutely horrendous on the Wednesday. The last few years haven't been too bad, so hopefully we get a few days of decent weather for it, make it more enjoyable for everybody. Uh, on to this week, and lots to catch up on, as always. Reduction in our derogation is the big talking point in agriculture over the course of the last number of days. And Aidan Brennan from the Irish Farmers Journal will join me in a moment to have a chat about it and uh, what this reduction will actually mean for farmers on the ground. Also, the Tillage Food Vision Group has uh, convened this week and it has given an interim report. And obviously, this Tillage Food Vision Group, uh, Minister McConlog, he wants to increase the amount of land and tillage in the country by over 150,000 acres up to the aim is a million acres in tillage uh, because there are benefits to tillage for carbon sequestration and whatnot. And in this interim report, it's saying that uh, slurry should be moved from tillage farms over to dairy farms. But it's not as simple as that. And later on, we're going to have Bobby Miller from the Grain Growers Association joining me to speak about the main points which this uh, vision group has come up with and how it's just not as easy as that to transfer one to the other, uh, given the uh, differing changes in rules on pea levels and farms earlier this year. Uh, Leonard Green from Multifarnham spoke to me earlier in the year about his business where he produces healthy treats for dogs and ingredients of this tonic treat, as he calls it, is uh, grass-fed beef and seaweed, to mention just a couple of ingredients. He's involved in an event taking place in Moat next week and it's called Clan Madra. It's a family event for all the family and he wants to chat about it a little bit later and you can hear all about that. Marion Mulhall is the Chagas Organic Specialist in Leash. She'll be joining me later to speak about an upcoming organic farm walk and also with the opening date for the organic farming scheme for next year just around the corner Marion will chat about how she feels big numbers will make applications again this year and if you are a farmer thinking about making an application for this organic scheme, what you need to do at the moment, what you need to do to get yourself organised in advance of that opening date. Uh, also, Farm Fair, and that's F-A-R-M-F-A-Y-R-E, is going to be a new way that you can buy and sell livestock going forward. It's an online platform, but it had some big differences with its competitors. One of these being that the money is securely held until stock are transferred 
transferred over to the new herd. Uh, also, they're going to be able to organise haulage and have the ability to weigh cattle. So it's certainly ticking a lot of boxes. The man behind it is from Kilkenny. His name is Kevin O'Connor and he joins me later to chat about his new venture. Please text me on 083 103. Anything you want this evening, I'll put it to our contributors or indeed just read out your message as the show progresses. Now, as I said, Aidan Brennan from the Farmer's Journal is on the line with me and we're talking about the derogation. Aidan, many thanks for joining me. No others in uh, Aidan, obviously it's uh, dairy is your game, you're the dairy editor in the Farmer's Journal and you're dairy farming yourself, but look, the derogation doesn't just affect dairy farmers, it affects lots of farmers uh, across the board. We knew it was coming, I suppose, but the, the spin, if you will, from the government and the powers that be are, we did great to keep 220, uh, however, not many people on the ground are buying that, Aidan, and a lot of disillusioned farmers out there. Yeah, Andrea, a lot of farmers are very angry, really, I suppose, that this has happened. Uh, as you say, it was well flagged. We, we flagged it in the Farmer's Journal since we found out about it back in June 2022, so over 12 months ago. Um, and I suppose just to put it in, in, in simple terms, the, the impact is, I suppose, every farm animal has a nitrogen excretion rate. For dairy cows, that's between 80 and 106, depending on how much milk they produce. We're, we're capped at 170 kilograms per hectare across Europe. But certain countries, including Ireland, have been allowed to stock their farms higher than that because they've got a, a long grass growing season um, and, and, and you know, they've high nitrogen uptake plants such as grass is the predominant, predominant um, crop that's grown. So they're allowed, go, war allowed up to 250. But now that has been reduced to 220. And that's coming into place in just four months' time in January 2024. And, I mean, the farmers that are between 220 and 250 today have to go out with extra land or reduce their stock numbers or potentially export slurry or free other little bits like that. And I hear you're, t- you're talking about that later on in the show. So there's issues around that. Um, so really they're faced with either having to go out to the market and lease more land or else reduce their cow numbers, neither of which are palatable for farmers. Yeah, it is a big uh, kick in the teeth, Aidan. There's no question about it. My one thing on this is the derogation farmers are the farmers who are really doing things very right and are ensuring everything in relation to runoff, water, slurry. Everything is done uh, correct on a derogation farm because you're putting your hand up and you're saying, listen, we are over this 170 limit, but come and have a look at what we're doing and make sure you're giving us the thumbs up. So to go from the 250 to the 220 and these really high level operators, I have to say, for the most part, is a bit of a head scratcher. It is. Uh, there's more regulation on those farmers, as you say. But the other side of this MJ, which really annoys people, is that Chagas analysis, the science says that if reducing the stocking rate from 250 to 220 won't do anything to improve water quality, but it will cost farmers a lot of money. So the question then is, why are we being forced to go down this road of reducing stocking rate when it won't impact what it's supposed to impact, but as I say, it does reduce profitability. So that's that, that's that's a big issue as well for guys. Uh, but but you're right in saying that those farmers are more regulated. And if the derogation does go, which is what's been threatened now, let, let's be clear, you know, the government, the Taoiseach came out the other day and said we need to fight to retain, to retain the 220. Minister McConnell is saying that all week, that we have a battle in our hands to retain the 220 in two or three years' time when it's up for renewal again. But, I mean, you know, losing the derogation is, is a terrible vista. I mean, that's, you know, farmers will go broke at that point, And that's not an exaggeration, that's a fact. And, um, and, and and again, that's not going to improve water quality either. In fact, it could actually deteriorate water quality because people will change their system towards more higher input type of type of a cow, a higher input uh, farming system, which, as we know from other countries, is worse for water quality. So Ireland is some, one of the best, you know, water quality in all of Europe. But the issue is, 
uh, it's not improving fast enough for the European Commission, and these are then that's the reason why then that they're imposing these cuts. Uh, but, but they're misguided in their in their in their thinking that reducing the stock market is going to improve that because the Chagas sign says there are other measures, some of which are being introduced now, which will have a greater impact on water quality. And it's not as though farmers don't want to see good water quality, they do, but they want to do it in such a way that they may, can maintain their license to farm while also improving water quality. Uh, Aidan, the, the figures on this, look, we abandoned earlier in the year and uh, that was reducing uh, numbers for farmers in certain cases, depending, as you said, on milk yields. Uh, we have nitrates now going from 250 down to 220. Is there a kind of a, um, a figure out there whereby this is going to affect farmers by 10%, 20%, 15%? Is there an idea or does it depend completely on the holding uh, and there isn't really a catch-all one? In, in general, if you're going from 250 down to 220 and you can't take more land, you're going to lose some cows. Yeah. So, so I suppose not all farmers are at 250. That's the first thing to say. It's actually a very small percentage would be at the maximum of the 250. Most of them are in around the 230 mark. You know, well, anywhere between 210 and 230 um, is where most farmers are at. Most farmers in derogation are at. So it depends on what level you're at in that, in that case. But the Chagas analysis from back in March this year showed that if you're at 250, band, so not an extremely high-yielding herd, you stand to lose 16% in profit. If you're a high-yielding herd, you stand to lose 29% in profit. Wow. So it is very significant, going from 250 to 220. Mm. No, no, it's massively so, there's no question about it. I just see on the Farmer's Journal tomorrow, Aidan, I have the uh, release in front of me that uh, our friend Minister Ryan uh, has come out and said uh, anaerobic digestion will be a profitable solution for derogation farmers. Uh, this is according to um, to a statement he made at Energy Ireland. He said that mm. while some 3,000 farmers may take on more land to deal with the new limits, another option for those impacted is to become involved with the energy transition to biomethane. He suggested if dairy farmers produce grass for AD plants instead of producing grass to feed cows, uh, they will help uh, to reduce the ceiling. Um, one of these areas, that I'd say when dairy farmers are hearing them come out with this, they are fit to be tied, I'd be guessing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't make, make much sense. I mean, the derogation court is coming into place next January. Um, my understanding, and speaking to my colleague Stephen Robin, as we all know, I mean, there are no AD plants in Ireland willing to take slurry or grass. Otherwise, you know, there's only a handful of AD plants in the country. So they're talking about developing on anaerobic digestion plants elsewhere and, you know, developing that industry, but that could take 10 years. I mean, this cut is coming in January. What are farmers going to do in the meantime? So, I mean, I, 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 don't, I think farmers will be, you know, equal, equally dismayed and angered uh, by listening to that from Minister Ryan because it shows how, I suppose, out of touch some of the government ministers are in terms of the impact of the derogation being cut. Yeah, no, absolutely. And before I let you go, just on the ground on dairy farming at the moment, look, it was and it has been a, a challenging year with input prices, with a wet summer as well. We had that good week last week and look, weather is changing now. On the ground, what are we looking at now with grass covers? Uh, how are dairy farmers uh, going to uh, get out at the back end, do you think? Yeah, so look, the weather has been, has been good up to, up to, you know, for in the last two weeks or so has been very good, very good grass growth rates. And that means there's more grass in farms than normal at this time of year, which is a huge positive. But I suppose it all depends on what happens from here on in. You talked about the weather being cold tonight, and it is. Uh, there's more rain coming. There's a yellow warning issued for most of the country over the next couple of days. So that's going to have an impact as well in terms of ground conditions. So it's all been good having loads of grass in the farm, but if ground is too wet to graze it, it's a, it's a problem. 
So um, who, who knows what will happen from here on in. It's touch and go. Um, but hopefully uh, weather conditions will, will be good. The farmers will be able to get that grass grazed and it will reduce their cost of production. Because as you say, there's not going to be much money made from dairy farming this year with, with the way feed prices and fertiliser prices were and the price of milk was falling again even even today or even yesterday, yesterday Lakeland announced another price cut. So it's not looking good for milk price. So farmers will, looking, will be looking to keep their costs as low as possible. On that global reduction, Aidan, and last thing before I let you go, uh, obviously, look, uh, demand is key when, when we're talking about prices um, and the inflationary uh, time that we're in globally is having a, having a bite. There's no question about it. But it, it, it is a stark decrease in uh, demand over the course of this year. Is it all coming from the East? Is it all coming from China and that part of the world? Do they just not want the, the product as much as they did last year? It's, it's primarily so. I mean, they've imported 51% less whole milk powder this year compared to the same time last year. So a massive reduction. And, and really, I suppose there's two reasons for that. The economy is not going well in China. That's the first thing. So people aren't, aren't, aren't have much money to spend. Secondly, the birth rate in China has decreased. So prior to that, the government were incentivizing people to feed reconstituted whole milk powder to toddlers. If there's less babies, there's less milk being fed. And the third thing then, of course, is that they've also increased their own internal production of dairy. So the, their requirement to import it is, has reduced. Now, the hope is that things will change over the next six months and China will come back into the marketplace. But until that happens, we're going to have, you know, we're going to be holding on to ourselves because um, there's not, you know, New Zealand is very badly exposed to China because most of the products go there. So they now need to find alternative markets for the up to 50% of the products that they were sending to China. So that's going to they're going to dump a product onto markets that Ireland was previously supplying. So that's going to have an impact in terms of, of, of prices. And it already is. We're seeing that, you know, and, and in, in, in the dairy, the, the, the farm gate meat prices in Ireland today. When uh, when China sneezes, the rest of the world gets a cold, Aidan. It's not the one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we really that's see right. it. We, yeah, we really see it there. Aidan, I'm going to say many thanks. Uh, br- a great rundown there on everything. And we will speak to you again on the programme. Thanks, MJ. Aidan Brennan there from the Farmer's Journal. And... Look, that's where we're at on derogation. We are uh, 2.20 from uh, January on. And I really just I have to reiterate the nonsense that uh, Eamon Ryan is coming out with uh, about the uh, the grass being fed into AD plants. They don't exist. Like They are literally not in the country at the moment. And he's saying that this is where farmers can go with them come January, I suppose, is what he's talking about. He just has no idea what he's talking about. Um, it's, just, it's complete and utter nonsense. And it is just very annoying when you see that and you see that uh, farmers who are working hard and who are doing things correctly and environmentally conscientiously are being told that their stock numbers have to be cut, which in turn leads to a, a lessening of profitability. And then you have politicians coming out with this um, it's uh, it's annoying to say the least and uh, back end of the year as Aidan said uh, as a result of that uh, Chinese downturn it uh, doesn't look like shifting over the course of the next number of months uh, after the break we're going to be speaking to Bobby Miller he's from the Grain Growers Association um, from Stradbally in County Leash and we're going to be talking about what the uh, Grain Focus Group the, the Grain Vision Focus Group came up with in their interim report so stay tuned for that Country Life on Midlands 103 brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands worshaw.ie and you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now we're moving on to the area of grain and we have Bobby Miller from the Grain Growers Association joining us on the line. Bobby, many thanks for taking my call this evening. 
Good evening, I'm Jared. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you're more than welcome, Bobby. We're going to pop on and talk about the uh, the Grain Vision Group in a moment. But before we do, there's something I meant to uh, feature last week and we ran out of time. It was the news that, you're, look, you're from Stradbally, uh, Bobby, and you're involved in uh, tillage. And we had the news a week ago or so that the electric picnic is going to be moved back to mid-August. And uh, a lot of people in your neck of the woods, uh, grain growers especially, and it's a big, big, big area over there for that side of things, are not happy. Yeah, yeah. The, um, thankfully, this year's event went off swimmingly with the weather, but uh, there was an announcement just before the pic- this year's picnic that is going to be moved forward two weeks in 2024. And that came as a big surprise to us in, in the hinterland of the electric picnic and Strabilly because it is peak harvest time mm-hmm. and we got no notice of this change. So we were very disappointed in that, and so we were in the first place. Um the traffic in the town, as you can imagine, uh, is hectic for the electric picnic. But you also, during harvest time, the peak harvest time, which is usually mid-August, because a lot of crops in this area are spring malt and barley, probably the most predominant one, is harvested in mid-August is usually the, the peak time. So we were definitely scratching our heads on how this could even happen. Two events happened at one time which hadn't, hadn't happened historically. So um, a few of the really affected farmers did meet uh, the organisers of EP, and to be fair to EP, they did meet, uh, were very obliging in meeting them, even though it was a busy busy time for them. Um, obviously, there's more, far more affected, but look, some sort of a compromise is reached uh, to date uh, for those few that are affected, whether others other farmers or businesses uh, object to it going forward uh, remains to be seen. But I think the message was got to Electric Picnic that uh, after 2024, we won't be anyway happy with it going ahead in mid-August. Mm. So uh, if you like, we've marked our card in that regard. Uh, what the measures are going to be in place for 2024 uh, still remains to be seen. Yeah, well, uh, absolutely, uh, Bobby, and uh, other people, definitely other stakeholders, uh, farmers have to be taken into account with something like that. And uh, we will wait and see. But as you said, uh, there is uh, news to be ongoing with it. We're going to speak, Bobby, about the Food Vision Tillage Group. Uh, This was something that uh, the stakeholders, including yourselves, the grain growers, were involved in. Look, these groups are all meeting. There's Dairy Vision, there's Beef Vision, there's uh, Tillage Vision. So they've all been meeting this year where they're think tanks, I suppose, for where the industry can go. For your one, the big headline on yesterday's Farming Independent was that in this interim report, it's been put out there that dairy farms should export slurry to the tillage sector. And that's kind of the big message from it here that we have the tillage sector that needs nutrients and the dairy uh, farmers need to export it to keep their nitrates down. So it's all very straightforward is what we're being led to believe. However, when you look into the mechanics of it, uh, Bobby, it's not as straightforward as that. And if your P level on your farm is index four or five, you can't take in slurry from your neighbour and dairy farm. So uh, there, there's a bit of a yeah. disconnect here. Uh, definitely so. And the first point I'd like to make is uh, we don't understand why this particular element, the transportation of slurry onto from dairy to tillage is anyway a priority for the tillage sector is only a, a bit part as far as we're concerned in the Irish Grain Growers Group. But uh, look, it's been discussed. Um, as you mentioned, 
tillage farmers are very proficient in how to use fertilizers, uh, whether it's organic or chemical. And there's a few key concerns. Like you mentioned, uh, we have uh, highly fertile soils as is, and we would not be in a position in many instances to take in slurry for number one. The slurry that we do, and the organic manures that we do take in, uh, the value of those, the nutrient value of those, uh, we'd have to know exactly what they were. Mm-hmm. You take a crop of malting barley there. We have it down to an exact science, practically to an exact science, what we require. And if the nutrient value varies, uh, it just affects the crop. If it doesn't get enough nutrients, you lose yield. If it gets too much, you could have uh, potentially a, a crop uh, uh, lodging and very poor quality as a result. So, um as you say, MJ is not as straightforward as all. We have other concerns like grass weeds perhaps coming in in the likes of uh, uh, farm air manure. Uh, we are wondering how this is going to be policed. Um, how are the department going to police the actual transport of story? Um, the option of taking extra land is being discussed, but surely the nutrients have to land on this extra land if they do take. And this is a real worry for tillage farmers are present to land market. Uh, we're we're basically uh, second best when it comes to the rental market, and the rental market, rental land market, has been very important to the tillage sector and to tillage farmers to remain viable. And a lot of worry on our behalf as well as the the dairy farmers and where all this is going. And that um, uh, that is one thing, uh, Bobby, that was uh, mooted at the Food Vision Tillage Group, that there could be some sort of a tax benefit introduced for dairy farmers for taking land. But look, there's nothing set in stone about that. It's just simply been put there. So I suppose we won't, we won't go yeah. into that one. But it, it, it is just there. But a couple of the things that is more tillage focused, that are, I should say, more tillage focused from the, the group uh, that you feel are beneficial. One of those is the tillage incentive scheme. So this is a scheme the last couple of years. If you ploughed lay ground, you got a payment per hectare and obviously the big issue with this was fine for a farmer who's done a bit of reseeding and maybe 10 acres here and 10 acres there and he or she gets a payment on it but for the likes of yourselves professional tillage growers if you will uh, lay ground isn't coming into the system hugely and you were being left out of this so this is something that needs to be looked at from the tillage farmer's perspective Yeah and the the tillage forum does address that in one of its list of actions that the scheme may fundamentally be changed going forward uh, to expand the tillage area, we cannot have a scenario where grass uh, grassland is ploughed up in the first of April and it's back in grazing or a forage crop go off it uh, in September and it's back in grazing. That's that's no long term vision uh, for the sector. Uh, so uh, there, there is a fundamental change needed, and the Food Vision Group has recognised that. The Tillage Vision Group has recognised that. So. That has to be trashed, I would say, but at least there's recognition that the the scheme is, isn't working as is. Uh, I know it was in response to the Ukrainian situation a year and a half ago, uh, but uh, the department may rehash that scheme. Look, other elements that we welcome is the strong, corporate, strong cooperation measure um, to extend the commitment uh, on that uh, going forward. It, it's working very well uh, overall. Uh, it's a very flexible scheme. If there's a shortage of straw, um, farmers can pull out and provide straw to their to their neighbours or their customers if, if necessary. Uh, so we like we're we're encouraged that they're um, looking at the long term future of that. Um, 
it's also part of the the, the Mac Curve, the, the recently launched Chagas Mac Curve 2023, uh, both Strong Corporation being a, an important tool to decrease our carbon footprint. Um, the one that the one thing I will say as well, uh, Bobby, on the, the Strong Corporation, up uh, farmers are going to be giving out saying that it's taking straw out of the market and it's making it more expensive. But as you did rightly say there, it is allowing farmers to pull out of it uh, should there be a shortfall and sell it. And that, that is an important one to flag as well. The last one yeah. I'm going to uh, put to you, uh, Bobby, just before I let you go, we're just uh, running out of time, is the minister and the, the department, the government, have in their head that they want 400,000 hectares in tillage. That's about a, that's a million acres, basically, uh, by 2030. Mm. And there needs to be roughly about another 150,000 acres to go into tillage to meet that um, target. Do you think that's doable, uh, Bobby? Currently, no. It's a simple answer to give you, MJ, on it. You just, your previous speaker there, Aidan, mentioned about the dairy sector having to take more land. That land, the, the tillage industry and the dairy industry are live practically side by side. We're in the Midlands, South East, South, you know, so we're neighbours practically, you know, so the two of us, two sectors will be looking for the same pay of land, basically. And currently, uh, the dairy industry is going to win out. And that is a real, real concern of for long-established tillage farmers. Uh, the actions that the government, as far as we're concerned, the government are going to have to take a, uh, strong action if they really want to reach their climate action plan target that they set. Uh, we cannot... we. The support may, must keep coming towards the sector and serious support needs coming to the sector. And look, the, the food vision, the, the tillage vision group is uh, only probably halfway through this discussion. Yeah, it's important but to say it is. I cannot. I can, I, uh, uh, currently, our view is that we'd be lucky to hold on to what we have. It's important to say, yeah, you're correct, Bobby. It's a, it is an interim report. And on that, we'll leave it there, Bobby. And look, I will be speaking to you again on it. And I'm going to say many thanks for joining me this evening here on the programme. All right. Thanks, MJ. Thanks for having me. Uh, Bobby Milliner from the Grain Growers Association. And uh, Bobby's view on it is that uh, lucky that the tillage section sector, I should say, will be lucky to hang on to what they have, let alone increasing it by 150,000. Uh, acres and as he said look it is it's a straight up fight at the moment for land between tillage and dairy and as Bobby said over the last couple of years dairy are winning hands down and uh, that is the issue for increasing the tillage area now coming up after the break we're going to be speaking about organics and also if you have a dog and you want to treat him uh, there's a man from Multi Farnham that has a business tonic treats they're called and they are first class treats for dogs they are made from grass fed beef and also seaweed and he's also going to be speaking about an event that you can bring your doggy to in moat in uh, a little over a week so stay tuned for that Country Life on Midlands 103 brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands worshaw.ie and you're very welcome back to Country Life on Midlands 103 now in a moment we're going to be talking about an event in moat uh, for your four-legged friend but first we have Marion Mulhall from uh, Chagas, who is involved in organics in County Leash. Marion, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Thank you, MJ. Uh, Marion, you have an event coming up. We're going to talk about organics on a, on a whole in a moment, but you have an event coming up. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about that first, and then we'll talk a little bit about the opening of the organic scheme. 
Yeah, so uh, we have a farm walk coming up in uh, Cuffs Grange in County Kilkenny uh, Tuesday, the 26th of September, and it's a daytime event starting at 11 o'clock. Um, it's on the farm of Finbar and Alex Sheehan, um, and uh, they're a circular tweenling uh, production system, and they have um, a, a small area of tillage as well that they're growing uh, for their own feed usage. Uh, over the winter and also then growing um, a little bit excess then that they can sell to our, our other organic farmers. And uh, Marion, this will be well publicised in advance of it so it's uh, it's almost two weeks away. Normally I'd have you on next week but we're down to ploughing next week so we're giving yep. a little bit of advance notice on this so it's Tuesday 26th of September. But the one thing I like about this, uh, the Sheehan's farm, I've been at one or two of these walks myself and uh, red clover silage is the big one and this is what people are talking about and I can see the farmers who aren't organic and who are thinking of maybe going into organics they're kind of pulling back and they're scratching their head a little and they're not sure about this red clover when you sow it when you cut it can you feed it to cattle can you not can you graze it there's a lot of uh, particulars in relation to it however the Sheehan's farm here in Cuffs Grange they're actually not sowing red clover silage they're just uh, using normal white clover to grow grass and cutting silage in a more uh, traditional manner yeah, uh, look at uh, and I suppose uh, that might give a little bit reassurance to people that um, are just a little bit, uh, I suppose, uh, afraid of the unknown and, and nervous about the, the red clover. But it doesn't have to be um, it, the red clover doesn't have to be the, the only way that you can uh, get your silage and your winter forage. So they're successfully um, just uh, for cutting their silage from regular white clover um, silage ground that they close up and they also have um, uh, they also cut excess paddocks then as grass gets a little bit ahead of them uh, during the summer months and um, look on the day we'll be going through the fodder budget and, and looking at what uh, a farm and what their farm needs in, in terms of uh, fodder for, for the winter and I, I just have put in a four-month winter but I've also put in uh, an extra five-month winter and uh, they, they have they have a hundred and maybe 20 30 bales extra more than the need for a four-month winter and they're just about coming in okay there in a five-month winter at the minute uh, so they're and that is uh, Marion not, not to be uh, not to be stopping you but that is the big one for farmers especially thinking of going into yeah. organics they just have a thing in their head look how can I grow enough silage without, without fertiliser and it can be done that's what these farm walks show that look it just can be done you have less stock you have less pressure yeah. and you, you can create enough feed for yourself and that is an important message to put out there yeah it has to be, you have to be um, secure in yourself uh, uh, to, and, and feel that security and feel safe coming into the winter that I'm going to be okay and that I'm not going to run short. And it's probably no different even during the grazing season as well that uh, w- will I have enough. Um, and look at these farm walks are giving that reassurance to farmers that are thinking about organics that I am able to grow grass using clover without any chemical fertilizer, making the most of my dung and my slurry as well. And that's very important. Um, And regardless of whether it's a red clover crop that's been cut for silage or just a a white clover, a grass sward, uh, it still needs to get its replacement nutrients in the dung and the slurry. Um, And I think that's uh, very important as well. 
And Marion, you're going to have an information evening in Port Leash in advance of the opening of the organic scheme, which we think is probably going to happen around October time. We don't have a date yet yeah. for your evening in Port Leash, but when we get one, we'll publicise it here on the programme. I'm just running out of time, so just really, really briefly, yeah. are you expecting big interest in this tranche of organics when it opens again next month? Yeah, I suppose it's hard. It is hard to gauge it. We had a massive um, um, intake last back end, um, kind of unprecedented. But I wouldn't think. I, I would think it will be close to it, and it could even be uh, the same again. Another two thousand or so farmers. Uh, the reason I'm saying that is because all of our walks uh, throughout the year, we've had walks all over the country, about twelve walks so far. And we'll be getting anything between 80 to nearly 200 people at these farm walks. And when we ask the crowd uh, how many of you are already organic, probably only half of the crowd, nearly at every walk, uh, are putting up their hand to say that they're not organic already. So there seems to be a lot of thinking, uh, consideration going into it. So... um, and I think once it hits the headlines again uh, with the launch, we're expecting it to be launched maybe next week at the ploughing. Uh, I, I think uh, it'll really uh, take up uh, speed again, uh, the, the interest in it. Uh, very good, Marion. We will let you go. We'll say many thanks for joining me and we'll be back with uh, news on that Port Leash night when you have it. Many thanks, Marion. Thanks, MJ. And that is Farmwalk in Cuffs Grange, County Kilkenny, I should say. That's on Tuesday, 26th of September. So it's, what, 13 days' time. It's on at 11am in the morning and details will be on the Chagas website for that and it'll be publicised in the usual places. Now, I'm just going to move on quickly. I have Leonard Green from Multi Farnham on the line. Leonard, many thanks for speaking to me this evening. Very welcome. Many thanks to MJ for having me on. Uh, more than welcome, uh, Leonard. Uh, people will remember you. You were on the programme earlier this year and you were talking about your company, Ta- Tonic treat, and it's for healthy yeah. treats for your four-legged friends, for your dog. I have it in front yeah. of me here. Uh, you might have a bit of work done on the website since I saw it last. It's looking very slick, and there's a black dog looking at me here, and he means business. He's a healthy-looking fella, Leonard. Yes, he is indeed. He's a healthy-looking fella, and since that, I, I got uh, my own little black lab as well. So he's he just coming on six months now. So great company to have. Well, you have a very good quote here on the website, and I think people could take this on board as well as dogs. Let food be thy medicine, and let medicine be thy food. And isn't that absolutely. it, really? That's 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 the key to it all. That really is the key to it all. You know, absolutely. And I think a lot of more people are starting to come around to that, you know. And as I know, as my first vet from the Department of Agriculture said to me, Morris, he said, uh, the, the, the gut is the engine to the body and it's like our car. We put, you know, petrol into our petrol car and he said we should put clean fuel in, into our body because it, it, it's, it's our engine really, you know. And uh, that's what it's about. It's about going back to um, back to basics, really, and, um, you know, real food. And Leonard, the event that you're publicising this evening is for people who have a, a keen interest in their four-legged friend and indeed want a little family day out. Can you tell us what you're speaking about? Yeah, it's a, it's an event called Clan Madra, so family dog. And it's not just for, for, for the dogs, but very much for, for the family and, and the family dog. And it's 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 happening in in Dunashee, Fort of the Fairies, a beautiful a beautiful uh, spot there in Moat County, Westmead. So it's happening on the twenty fourth of September, Sunday week, and it promises to be a very very good day. We've some fantastic speakers coming. Dr. Emily McEntee, a, a holistic vet from Dublin, is coming down. Dr. Maria Hayes from Chagas is coming down to speak. Lisa Tully, a holistic practitioner, is coming to speak, and we've a few more ladies. 
as well coming to speak. No men actually, just 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 all ladies at the moment, and um, it's very much a family event. So we 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 know times is tough and everything else, but we want to have create a fun day in a beautiful environment that people can bring their dogs. All of the activities inside are free. So the face painting, storytelling, the dog agility, the dock diving, the dog show, the whole lot's free to enter. So once to buy their ticket, it's free inside. If they want to buy a bit of food, Dunashee have a fantastic restaurant uh, there um, and cafe. And uh, we have other different stall holders as well. Very much trying to promote local artisan producers and people in, involved in that end of things to promote the well-being, because I think we all could do with our spirits being lifted, you know? Yeah, very good. Well, Leonard, I, I'm sure you're going to get a big turnout. Fingers crossed for the weather for, yeah. as you said, it is Sunday week, 24th of September. It's called Clan Madra. It's in Dunashee in Moat in County Westmead, and family and four-legged friends are welcome. Many thanks, Leonard. Thank you, MJ. Good evening to you. Uh, Leonard Green there from Tonic Treat is the company and it's www.tonictreat.com for treats for your four-legged friend as well. Now, after the break, we're going to be talking about a new platform where you can buy and sell your livestock. It's called Farm Fair. The man behind it is Kevin O'Connor, so stay tuned for that. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore, supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. worshaw.ie you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103 for the last section of this evening's programme and we're moving on to online selling. We have Kevin O'Connor on the line from his website Farm Fair, Farm F-A-Y-R-E. Kevin, many thanks for joining me this evening. Evening MJ, thanks a million for having me on. Uh, you're more than welcome Kevin. You're launching your new online selling platform at the ploughing officially next week but in advance of it we're giving listeners a flavour of what it's about look we'll talk about it in a moment but first it's always nice to find out a little bit about the man or woman in this case the man behind the business so tell us uh, Kevin uh, listeners here in Lee Shoffley Westmead uh, who are you and what was the um, uh, idea behind this business Basically, I grew up on the family farm when farming was a little bit different. It was more of a mix, MJ. So we had sheep, cattle, a little bit of a beef contract as well. And I always loved the farming and wanted to get back to it. But unfortunately, I didn't get the land. And uh, so I went off, became an engineer and got involved in business. And But maintained a lot of my friends that were kind of part-time farmers. And knew there was a lot of improvement needed in the space. And I suppose the real catalyst for moving it forward was having points one evening with a friend of mine Charlie and he was telling me a story he'd bought cattle online during the week and he had done the deal 15 lovely continental heifers got into the jeep with the trailer Saturday morning drove two hours far side of Waterford and of course the cattle were not the quote had been promised to him so we kind of looked at it from there and looked and said we just talked to dozens of farmers dozens of conversations Charlie had lost a half a day and these stories kept coming back and we just said right what's wrong what do you want to achieve out is how can like what are the farmers looking for and then that really led to farm fair the solution for that person who doesn't have the time or inclination to go to the mart a lot of our early adopters are part-time farmers they're working Monday to Friday they don't have the time or the space to go but yet they want to be in control of what they're buying and what's coming into their yard yeah, I'm on the website here at the moment, uh, Kevin, in front of me, and it's uh, farmfair.com for anyone listening who wants to pop onto it. And I have a nice batch of breeding heifers up in front of me. There's a few uh, blue and cemental heifers here, four or five, 
in a batch and I'm just looking underneath it so we have average weight we have sex we have age range uh, we have days and herbs so we have all the details that you, that you want to know and then the, the interesting one is as opposed to it being a definitive price you can bid so I, I could go on like I put yeah. maybe 950 on these you could go on and put maybe 970 and then you'll have a, a winning bid or a highest bid so it gives an auction element to, to the seller and also the purchaser then might get some good value as well it's really a very open market well, that's what we're aiming for, that full transparency. And we're not a market maker. We're not trying to create cattle prices. What we're, what we're developing is an ecosystem or the old market square where buyers and sellers can come together, deal fairly and transparently. We take out, say, all the risks. So there's, you've got your escrow payments, the money's held on account, so nobody's at risk. The cattle are picked up in the seller's farm, delivered to the buyers. So you can essentially now sit at home and buy cattle in 15 minutes and know they're exactly what it says on the tin. And if they're not, they go back. And that uh, delivery part of it, Kevin, is a big USP, and it's one that's going to really mm. uh, catapult you, I think, when, when you get up and running. So farmers, older farmers, for example, they might love five or six or seven Charlie Bullocks, but look, they don't have a Jeep, they don't have a trailer, they don't have a way of getting to a place to get them home. You have a delivery uh, incorporated in this. You have drivers who you can organise, go and collect the cattle and go and drop them somewhere else. So we, we've partnered with Max Bowley Haulage and essentially they've, uh, they've put load cells on their trucks. So they will go into the seller's yard, they'll pick up the cattle, the cattle are verified end-to-end. There's minimum interaction with other, with other cattle, so you've got huge biosecurity, advan- biosecurity advantages. So they're collected in the seller's yard, delivered to the buyer's yard. These were all the feedback points we got, MJ, exactly what you're saying. People were saying, I don't have the time, I don't have the cheap, I don't have a trailer right, how can we take all those problems out of it? And that was that field-to-field solution that, that we came up with. And at the moment, Kevin, you are operating in the southeast, but you're coming up as far as Leash. We're Leash Offley Westmead here in the programme, so Leash is part of your catchment area at the moment. It is indeed, and we've talked to a number of farmers there in Leash, and we're looking forward to kind of rolling out there. And um, It's a nice part of the country, and there's always good stock up around Leash as well, so that's helpful, you know. Uh, yeah, very good. Again, obviously, look, a, a website like this doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen uh, for cheap either. Uh, there's a lot of money pumped into this and a lot of time and effort pumped into it. So you're you're going for it. You're taking a big punt on this, Kevin, and uh, fingers crossed that it's going to work out. No, listen, we've had a lot of support, uh, family, friends, and just the feedback has been really, really positive. And like you said, I have a few more grey hairs than where we started <laughs> with, but hopefully we can add a bit of value to farmers. Hopefully we can connect some of those buyers and sellers that wouldn't have had the opportunity otherwise that's really what we're looking to do bring that old community back online like it, listen it's all going digital but we, we can still maintain that humanity that connection that interaction and, and keep those old traditions like one of just our haulier mentioned the other day one of the things we're looking at is to look money so essentially there's that option that when you sell you can throw a bit of look money in with the cattle so we're developing the mechanisms around that now and we'd like to interact with people at the ploughing about little things like that we want to bring all the things that were powerful and traditional but also to simplify it and make it much easier in that digital space as well and my last question for you Kevin is farmers around the Midlands and County Leash especially are wondering what is the commission when they buy or they sell cattle on farmfair.com well, you see, we always think our commission is paid for. We expect them, both sides to be happier, get more, higher choice, more cattle. But at the end of the day, we're charging a tenner to the buyer and a tenner to the seller uh, for the commission. Yeah. So there's no percentages. It's a flat fee. Once the cattle are over 500 euros, it's a tenner. And under 500 euros, it's a fiver head. 
Yeah, very good, very straightforward. Kevin, I'd say you're going to be very busy at the ploughing next week. There are a lot of people talking to you and uh, we wish you continued success. You're only getting going, but look, I'm sure you're going to go from strength to strength. Many thanks for joining me here on the programme. That's very kind of you, MJ. Thanks a million. And that is Farm Fair. And as I said, it's farmfair.com. You can log on, you can have a look and the official launch is next week at the ploughing and uh, no doubt it is going to go from strength to strength. The delivery aspect is the big one there because uh, that is where a lot of these sales fall down, guys. Just people don't have Jeeps, trailers and don't have time either to collect them. Just before I leave this evening, a couple of things. If you made a TAMS investment uh, application, I should say, for an investment this year and you haven't heard anything back, the department have come out and said if you are trying to build basically a slatted house or put down uh, cubicles or anything to do with animal housing, that you can send a letter of expedite to the Department of Agriculture to see if you can be bumped up. That letter has to be in by the 15th of September, Friday, 5pm. So you need to send it tomorrow by registered post and needs to be in on Friday. And you basically just send it saying your name, your herd number and saying you're looking for your investment to be speeded up. That has to be sent by tomorrow by registered post by 5pm and it's sent to the on-farm investment division there in Johnstown Castle, Wexford. Okay, that's where that has to go. And also Acres Tranche 2 is going to open in mid-October. So about 44,000 farmers were in Tranche 1. Can't imagine there's too many that were left out, but maybe there's one or two of you out there that didn't get into tranche one in Acres. Tranche two is going to open in uh, mid-October, about three weeks' time. So just to be aware of that. Now, that is it for this evening's programme. I would like to thank all my guests who joined me here over the course of the last hour. We had... Uh, Kevin O'Connor from Farm Fair just there speaking to us about the online platform. We had Leonard Green uh, from his company Tonic Treat about that event that's taking place in Moat on Sunday the 24th. Marion Mulhall spoke to us about in an organic farm walk taking place on Tuesday 26th of September. Bobby Miller from the Grain Growers Association and Aidan Brennan from the Farmers Journal spoke to us about the derogation at the top of the hour. That is it for this evening. I will be broadcasting live from the ploughing next week if you're passing by please pop over and say hello. We're going to have Minister McConlogue at the start of the programme and we're going to have bits and pieces then from all the different stands at the ploughing. Looking forward to it and fingers crossed we get some good weather. The show is repeated on Sunday morning at 7am until 8am. Until next week, I will speak to you then and you can get us wherever you get your podcasts. If you type in MJ Space Cleary, we'll pop up and you can listen at your leisure. That's C-L-E-R-Y. Good night and God bless. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. W. Orshaw.